welcome back to another week of With Love Alexa. I'm excited to talk with Kat McLeod, the creator of SAHM Entrepreneur, Stay at Home Mom. Um, and we're going to talk all things her business, how she got started, and just about her life in general. Kat, are you there? I'm here. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you, Alexa? Good. I'm so glad we got to connect and I get to have you on the podcast. Excited to be here. I was looking, um, like re- doing my like the research and it used the whole company idea sounds so cool. <laughs> it's nice for a nice to have like a first day at home moms be able to like actually do stuff for themselves too. Besides the mom duty. It is. Uh, exactly. It's time to be more than mom again. <laughs> yes. I don't know that part yet, but one day. <laughs> so do you want to tell us like a little bit about, just a little bit about you, maybe a little bit your background? Well, originally I knew that your podcast features like ups and downs, and I just wanted to share with your listeners that I overcame severe abuse, depression, and eating disorders to create a true dream life for myself for the last decade. And there's been a lot of ups and downs along the way. And now I do help fabulous stay-at-home moms start businesses for purpose and high profit and pleasure outside of being mom while while still being mom first. So where would you like me to begin? Um, wherever you want, if want to maybe just start a little bit at your background, like before the business came to be, like maybe growing up. Sure. I grew up in a severely abusive house where I feared I was going to be murdered on a semi-regular basis. There were some good points, which I rarely talk about on podcasts. It wasn't <laughs> all horrible. And when it was bad, it was really bad. Like, I feared for my safety bad. And I escaped that life by moving out to Los Angeles. I'm just going to shorten this part of the story. And I started my first multiple six-figure business. And that business allowed me freedom, financial freedom. And I, however, I hated it. During this time, I did not feel purposeful. I did not feel like I was living my best life. I was just so attached to making so much money. I enjoyed the money, but I didn't enjoy the work. And in order to overcome this, I started adding in stuff in my life like yoga. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of work around my depression and eating disorder. And I chose to go to graduate school and get my master's in psychology. As my second year project, I chose to help women transition out of the sex industry into high profit entrepreneurship. The reason I chose the high profit entrepreneurship was because these women were used to making hundreds if not thousands of dollars an hour and going into a normal job wasn't going to cut it. They would just transition backwards into back into the adult industry so that's how i developed my purpose and profit framework and i've refined it over the last 13 years and now i use it for stay-at-home mom that's so great like that's such a an inspiring thing to do 
Um, cause like, it's like sometimes like I realize like I like to be my own boss more too because I am in control of myself and like what I do. And sometimes it can be hard like when you have if there's a boss that maybe puts you down. It's like you don't want to you don't want to go to work every day. I love being my own boss, so I'm glad that you brought that up. It's so important to be able to control your own life and your own income. Yeah, like if you don't do well at one point, then you might not, you won't make as much money. But if you do like really well, and it's all on you, so it makes you want to work that much harder. It's true. I, I, that's why my focus is on high profit first, and that was gleaned from helping women transition out of the adult industry. And I think a common mistake with new entrepreneurs is they do not take into account if their businesses are going to be profitable from the very start. So they wind up spending months, if not years, trying to get a business off the ground that was never going to be profitable. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. I. So I know yours is um right now it's you're helping stay-at-home moms, but could you is it for anybody really that wants to do their own business? My my, my stay-at-home mom entrepreneur is designed for a busy mom that wants to work about less than two hours a day. However, my superpower is pinpointing your perfect business, and that's where I really lean into because. I learned that the niches are in the, the riches are in the niches 20 years ago when I first started my multiple six figure business really niching down and that is applies to everyone that is really serious about pinpointing their perfect business idea. So that is a course I run and a framework I run and a group I run and I do group coaching sessions for just pinpointing the perfect business idea that's going to bring in a high profit for the time spent and client. Okay, that's so cool. Um, when you went to school, uh, like undergrad, did you go into for business? My undergraduate degree is in psychology and my master's degree is in psychology. I have always been a natural business owner. 20 years ago, it wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur like it is now. It's just what I've always done. I was the kid selling blow pop lollipops to my friends for a quarter that I bought for a dime, going door to door, selling iced tea from a powder mix from my friend's house, selling her Hershey's bars that her mom bought for like 40 cents and I was selling them out for a quarter. I, it's just wow. always been a thing. <laughs> I don't yeah, like, that's, yeah. I've, it's just in your nature. It was in my nature. I don't want this to deter people from becoming their own business owners and starting entrepreneur journeys because they're saying, oh, Kat just had it in her nature and I don't. I've helped many people along the way who they also thought it wasn't in their nature. They didn't know if they could run a business. My first stay-at-home mom actually never thought she could run her own business and we monetized a hobby she learned how to make gorgeous cakes from her mom and her mom and sister have celiac disease so she had an amazing gluten-free recipe and combined this with the gorgeous cakes and niched down into children's birthday parties and baby showers for the gluten-free crowd and she was able to charge a premium. And I bring this up just to show that 
you don't need to be born an entrepreneur to have a successful business and you can monetize as long as there's a way to niche it down to a specific population you can monetize a hobby and still have a high profit business that brings you pleasure and purpose that's so cool like i never really i always like see that like on pinterest or like in a in a blog or even like on a reality show that they're doing like what they love in these businesses and i always wonder like how they are able to do so well like it's it, like i want that's something like i want to do it truly starts with pinpointing your perfect business idea i've helped these clients for i mean i guess it's because i've been doing it for 13 years and really break the art making sure your business is high profit before you ever launch it it also has to be purposeful because i know from my first business if you don't do purposeful work you're going to hate it you're going to feel burned out overwhelmed and you're just not going to like it so what's the point and it has to be high pleasure as in you feel good about what you're doing because i truly believe in making businesses that feel good again to me what's the point if you're going to build a business make it high profit make it purposeful and make it pleasurable yeah and then so what was your like transition like from going from the midwest to california and like starting the business and starting like what was that whole transition was it easier or was it hard Again, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> take anybody off their road of entrepreneurship, but it was super easy to start my own business because I am a go-getter and I just did it. I didn't even think about it. It never crossed my mind that it would be hard. I moved to Los Angeles and I answered an ad to be a dominatrix and it was like wild. It was fun. It turned the tide on my abuse. And after about six to nine months, I really, truly did not like it. However, it planted a seed of how to start a business. So I niched down to a specific fetish <laughs> and started a multiple six-figure fetish business. And it never crossed my mind that this should be difficult or shouldn't be bringing in tons of clients. And I did. That's so crazy. Like, it literally can be anything. <laughs> It truly is. Oh, that, you know, I missed a point of the story. Looking back, it feels so easy. But at the time that I niched down to just a specific fetish, I thought that my money, my income would totally plummet and that I would need to get a quote unquote normal job. I just did not want to do dominatrix work anymore. So I was willing to do that. And instead, my business skyrocketed and I made more money than ever and that's how I accidentally discovered that the riches are in the niches. So for your for that business the fetish one like what would you what were some of the things you did? I niched down to just foot fetish so I this was only like I would say five percent maybe ten of my dominatrix business and that's why I thought, oh, this isn't going to sustain me. And instead, it just brought in a whole different clientele, and I over doubled my already high rate. Wow. So would you, like, massage the, like, feet or? It's so interesting. No, they massaged mine. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't touch men's feet. Gross. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> 
That's so fun. Do you still like sometimes do that one or? No, never. I, I, as I shared, I found that work very unpurposeful and unmeaningful and I truly grew to detest it. Although the work itself is easy. Like I just told you with the, it was easy. I just didn't feel purposeful. I, I didn't want that to be the rest of my life. I did that for five years of my life and it didn't, it just didn't feel good. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. But sometimes it's nice too to like just do different things or have like a few different things that work well together. I completely agree with you because I think a lot of people stop themselves because they think they need to wait, 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 wait. And the truth is pinpointing your perfect business and your niche can can and will pivot over time. It happens to everyone. I've worked with multiple six-figure business owners who then pivot and niche down tighter into what they most enjoy. And guess what? Their businesses scale. All I'm sharing is it starts from the very beginning and you're not locked in for life. So do not use the excuse of you don't have the perfect business to stop yourself. However, (laughs) creating a successful business with the pinpointed niche makes things so much easier. Yeah. And what do you think about like social media? Do you use that like to help promote your business or, or have your clients promote their business? It depends on what your business is. So for myself, most of my business practice has been in real life. And I, when I did go online, it was easy because I stood super strong in my expertise and I was easily able to attract six clients right away. And I do leverage social media. Currently, my group programs are run all over Facebook and I do think that social media can be a viable source for your business. One of my clients really heavily leverages Instagram and she makes a huge part of her income from Instagram, which I don't use at all. So if you are going to use social media, go in deep. Don't try to do all the things when you're starting out. Go in deep, really know your platform, stand in your expertise and grow from there. However, for those of you who do not like social media if you're kind of archaic like me and it's just not super your thing you can completely grow a real life business and it's actually easier in a lot of ways to start a real life that means i.e offline business because when you work with circles around you then it helps with that no like and trust factor versus being a stranger on the internet who has to do a lot more to get over the hump of the no like and trust factor yeah no that that makes a lot of sense um what has been your favorite part of all of this like you're growing your businesses and helping others and like what has been maybe your least favorite or like the hardest part I love when my clients get their first paying clients. A lot of my clients come to me from ground zero. Like one of my clients, she had been trying on her own for almost a year and a half with no success. She didn't get a single client. And her she was offering way too much stuff. She thought she was niched down properly and she wasn't. And we actually went super deep. She trusted me and we niched her down to one specific software program, working with service-based 
business owners and boom in three weeks from our first like when she signed with me she got her first paying client her second client two weeks after that her third client two weeks after that and then went to a waiting list and she has a couple thousand dollar offer so with only four work days a month she replicates her corporate salary that's incredible like do you also do it like for bloggers or or is it more like if you're selling something I work with service-based individuals usually, and that service-based, even the gluten-free baking company, it's still a product, but it's a service-based. I have a meal prep person who does uh, healthy meals for families, but overall, I I like to focus in on service-based businesses. For I'm not an expert at blogs, and I actually think it's a common mom trap that people fall into thinking that they're going to start a business, so they start a blog with no monetization plan. I think a blog can be a great like part of a successful business, but not an entire business in and of itself starting from ground zero. That's a common thing that people come to me after trying to launch something like that for a year, maybe even two years, and they make peanuts from it. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're actually going to be finishing up soon, but just um, for people maybe going through similar situations that maybe you, like from when you grew up, what advice would you say to help them get through it? Start where you're at. Just keep moving forward one step in front of another. I created this dream life because I just kept moving forward and it was really messy. We're simplifying it so much on this podcast and it's easy for me to look back like kind of detached. But while I was going through it, it was really, really rough. It was rough with lots of years of therapy. And the bottom line is I wanted more for myself. So decide that you are going to create the life you want for yourself and take the smallest steps in that direction and over time that tiny step will result in so much better of a life for yourself well thank you so much and if you want to let us know where our listeners can maybe find you on either social media or where your program is you can find me on at sahmentrepreneur.com. Again, that stands for stay-at-home mom entrepreneur, sahmentrepreneur.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. You're doing so many great things, and I'm excited to see where else you're going in the future. If you want to check out... uh, It's been a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And if you want to check out Kat's work, there'll be description in the link or links in the descriptions. Have a good week, everyone. 